into the ground. We're back. Another week. Just me and Andrew. Uh, my guest in life. <laughs> I get you every time. Every time. Because I never know you're going to be like, uh, you know, you know him as, as co-host of the hit podcast, Run Into the Ground. Yeah. Also from the unemployment line. Um, yeah. How, how have you been feeding your family lately these days? Oh, we don't eat. It's great. It's great for my figure. <laughs> we've been, uh, I mean, it's Baltimore, so we've just been catching rats to feed to the baby. Yeah, um, that's smart. You know, reduce, reuse, recycle. That's what I've always said. I mean, you, you, you left your job to, to, you know, once you've, well, once they let you go from your job, because, mm. you know, your main focus was getting uh, Adnan out of prison. Mm-hmm. It's the main Success. reason you moved to Baltimore. Success. You know, I would say you've been unemployed, what, two, three weeks now? And you've already yeah. gotten him out of jail. That's what I'm saying. So I would say that's that's a, you know, alarming I don't uh, know why. efficiency. I, I still haven't put up the Zoom thing, so I'm literally just staring at my waveform <laughs> on GarageBand. <laughs> I mean, All right, there you it's, are. It's pretty nice, you know. Uh, um, how are those, those waveforms looking, you know? It's honestly, important. very full. Very full. Chris Cote would surf them. Um <laughs> Can I tell you, uh, before we get into it... Um, well, well, yeah, okay. What? What are you going to say? I, I, oh, was gonna, I have all this important shit I want to talk I, about. I do have some important shit to talk about. Uh, I, I was going to preface what this episode is, since oh, it's slightly yeah. different, but Fine, no, we can ahead. do that later. Go on. Go first. No, I just want to complain about a dining experience as per usual you know that's what we promise our (laughs) listeners uh i would i have one as well that's rolled into a larger story so yeah go for it let it rip baby i got i got uh i got lunch before we did this we're uh it's currently wednesday at 1 45 p.m so i just gotten lunch before we sat down Mm -hmm. and um i just walked a block over to the the pizza spot which is 65% 65% good. Got a couple <laughs> slices. I was pretty excited. Um, and I'm looking around and I'm like, where are ba- the sprinkles? Baltimore, famously absent from the pizza belt. Oh, it, pizza here is fucking awful. <laughs> the place, um, the only way you can get good pizza here is by going with like non-standard or like non-traditional pizzas. Oh, you got to get like the buffalo chicken slice or the, no, 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 or no, the no. like the... The barbecue no, worse chicken than slice. That. Worse. No, worse than that. Like an, like um, an Alfredo go, slice? No. Will you shut up for a second? I will refuse. You have, <laughs> <laughs> what you have to do is you have to go outside of like the the type of pizza you normally like. Oh, like the, the, you, have to, you have to expand your idea of what pizza is. Exactly. So there's a local place here called okay. Matthew's, which is good. Um, but they're like a sort of... Like New England Greek style pizza, mm, if you will. Yeah, when which, I went to school, which I like. I went to school um, in Western Mass, and yeah, it's all it's all Greek owned. Yeah, you get like a souvlaki and a and a fucking slice, a, a, a grandma slice, you know. Uh, Not I like, even a grandma slice. I like it. It's like you know cheese to the edge, which I'm fine with. <sighs> yeah. Um, I don't need a crust really. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's a little bit thicker, but also not in like a deep dish way, just sort of in a, it's just like, a not thin crust way. Kind of like a, like a pizza through the eyes of like the nin- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Sure. Like way um, too much it's cheese. Interesting, it's interesting that you should say that too, because I think a fundamental thing about what I, I th- classify as like traditional pizza 
came uh-huh. from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles scratch and sniff comic I had <laughs> at like eight years old that I scratched. And I'm like, this just smells like oregano. That's what pizza smells like. Yeah. Um, so when I make sauce at home, I over oregano it. Anyway, so I went down to get a couple slices and a can of soda. Uh, and I, and I, I get my slices and I'm looking around. And I'm like, where are the sprinkles? You know what I mean? Where's the parm? Where's like the... Where's the, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a parm and salt and pepper and, and red pepper flakes guy. That's crazy. Why? I mean, sometimes I'll hit it with a little garlic, like the little like garlic sure. shaker, but sure. mostly like red pepper flake and that's it. Like I, I'm not putting salt on my pizza. That's yeah. I, that's insane. That, that's an insane move. I'm sorry. I put, I put salt on every pizza I've ever had. Maybe. I mean, maybe like if it was like Malden, like finishing salt, just for a little texture. But like putting the like table salt. salt on a pizza is insane. Oh, you know what? It's fine. I'm gonna get you back for the next 45 minutes, so I don't really <laughs> care. But um, so I'm looking around. I can't find them anywhere. I'm looking, and I look at the guy, and I was like. And I almost said, where's the sprinkles? Thinking, like, this guy's going to know. <laughs> I, I've always called them the Jersey sprinkles. So, oh, But I'm like, boy. where's... Well, I don't understand. Um, and I'm looking around. He's looking around. He can't find them. You know, and I, and I look outside, and I see there's a table full of, like, Hopkins students. I, I live, for context, I live, like, right next to Johns Hopkins University. So there's Hopkins students that have the entire tray of toppings at their table. And oh, they I, and took I the, the whole tray of like took the whole fucking tray. the restaurant the uh, the, <laughs> the royal toppings they took, took the, the toppings whole for fucking all. thing wow took the whole okay. fucking thing and I you know being in being in the coffee industry until recently um <laughs> it's always you're 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 clawing your way back in though you're trying um, you know I'm used to usually European tourists taking oh, also the worst taking um. You know, like taking the creamer and the sugar to their table, and then you have to remind them that it's not. Can you know, it's. Can, it's can, can I say something use. about European tourists for a second? The fucking worst. Uh, like, I get it that that our societies are different, but they're not that different. They're that you, not. You, that. you 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 walk around New York like you've never yeah. existed in a city before. Anyone who <laughs> you've any- never dined out before, you've never. So go- it's you. So they're not you that different. Can't, you cannot tell me. That, you know, because I, I don't know how many times you've seen it, you know, if you're if you're going to what's like a non tipping culture is France. And no, France is a tipping. I don't culture. think there's there's not much tipping in Europe in general. I OK, so yeah. if you're going to a place with with that doesn't tip generally or doesn't add gratuity for for meals and such, um, people tell you that. You know what I mean? You're, you're aware. Yeah. So whether or not you choose, you know, and which you don't, I guess you don't tip when you go cause it's not part of the culture. Um, but it's, it's always weird for me when people, European tourists come here and they'll eat a full meal and like, won't tip at a full meal. You know what I mean? If I was, yeah. a, if I was a server, I'd just say, fuck you. I'm not doing my job for free. Eat a dick. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> so I, I see that all of these condiments are on this table outside and I'm like, so what's the move? The move clearly was I walked up to their table. I sat down in the open seat. <laughs> I proceeded to dress my, my slices and they're, they're looking at me like horrified. I'm like, 
that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, well, the idea of in interacting the, with another person, especially a stranger, is yeah, you're is in like the wrong here. So, insane. like, I'm just showing you how in the wrong you are. Yeah. And the guy inside is laughing. Like, everybody working at the shop is laughing, and I'm just like sprinkling pizza. And there, and the, these three dudes are just like, "What in the fuck is this guy doing?" Um, and then I, I finished up, said, have a nice day, boys, and walked away. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, the lasting impression that I hope I made on these three gentlemen is these are communal and like, I should respect that. The yeah, infrastructure you, you don't need all four toppings. pepper shakers, you know? Right. Um, what actually probably happened was somebody was like, why is that guy wasted in the middle of the day? Like being a jerk off. Were you also wasted in the middle of the day? No, I'm not. I'm sober. It's actually kind of refreshing to be doing a sober podcast episode. Yeah, it's, it's refreshing for me as well. Oh, shut be- up. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I, I'm sober. I so listen we can back talk to our episodes when I like do the descriptions album. and it's always just like me waiting for you to chime in and it's just like... <laughs> You're off know, staring man. into the distance. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a... I mean, uh, the, by the time this comes out, which will probably be, who knows? Uh, who knows? It's funny, we talk about current events on these, like, bonus episodes, and mm-hmm. but they, they get canned, like, shelved for so long that none of it is, is current events anymore, which is kind of fun. There was a current event that I wanted to bring up, and I don't know. Uh, your 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 lord and lady, the queen, has passed. Yeah, I could care less. <laughs> what do you think um, kind of music she listened to? No one ever talks about her interests and tastes besides Corey's. I who could say? I don't. <laughs> I don't know what people who have zero touch with reality do. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine, just fucking imagine for a second, you are like the figurehead of a country. Like, you're not, you wield no real power, right? Uh, yeah, it's all, like, figurative, you know? Right. So you're, you are a joke. You know what I mean? You are just a family that's been there for so long and that you're part of an institution. Like, fuck off. Fuck you. Yeah, I... Fuck you, fuck Bezos. I... Fuck, fuck Tesla Man. Uh, Musk. Te- Tesla Man. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's... I love everyone who's like, like oh, she was so brave and, and whatever. It's like, she sat in a room for like 70 years. Like right. she, like she, like someone's like, oh, say what you will, but she, she showed up every day. And it's like, showed up to what? Showed up to what? Showed and up to is, what? This is the crazy thing is that like, not so much. I don't know if you know, um, I love LinkedIn. I spend I, a lot of time scrolling LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious. I have to remember, I, I sign in like once every four months and accept like, 83 connections and then i walk back out again i'm dan everybody wants to be my friend it's true um i log in maybe six or seven times daily um it's crazy just because i love it i I just i literally just now got a linkedin email they they still send me emails it's a um it's a reminder you know so when you go uh when you go on instagram or 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 tiktok i I don't, I've, I've never used TikTok, but if you go on things like that, um, or Facebook, you know, it's just an echo chamber of your same ideas. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's people, you know, saying the same shit that you say, but when you go on LinkedIn, you're confronted with the reality that there is like 
probably more than half of the people that you're connected to in your daily, like business lives do not think the same way as you. (laughs) And like it's, there was, um, I don't know. I don't know if this, if this crossed your, your, your timeline or anything, but last week, the first time on Roberto Clemente day, the first time a whole Hispanic starting lineup, uh, took the field for the Rays. And everybody was excited. I'm pretty sure they all wore 21 for Roberto Clemente. Um, and of course, this makes it on, on uh, you know, somebody posts this on LinkedIn, and it's like a thousand comments being like, nobody would celebrate an entire white team. And it's like, Jesus oh my Christ. God, I mean, that sounds like a Facebook so message, but fucking insane. I, I've never once interacted with the social media aspect of LinkedIn. In you my know, entire life. my, uh, the, the company that I worked for previously had, uh, had LinkedIn, uh, like ways that you were supposed to act on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I, I like, do love a social media clause in, in any was, employment contract. Yep. It was shared far and wide that like, you know, you weren't to do this, you were not to do this. Um, and it's funny the things that you see because people just like things, and then that ends up in your fucking timeline. Hate and there that. was a guy that I worked with who was definitely a white nationalist who I was like always sort of suspect of that guy, but like everybody loved him, and I was like, hate this place. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's it seems. Bad. I want to work for myself. I, I mean, I just never, work for myself. I mean, that's what I do. I've never had a nine to five in my life. I've never really worked in any kind of corporate office culture position mm-hmm. uh, it sounds it feels like an entirely different world when i hear people talking about like fucking dealing with like the microsoft suite and and like outlook express and slack and it's like it's a whole different fucking world and mm. um that's a good good can't imagine slack uh, is uh for some people you know i know people who use slack for their bands or oh god can you imagine you know, uh, yeah, I I can. Um, and you know, I think it works really well for some people if everybody's on board for what they're doing. Uh, in in a workplace scenario, you've always got people who like want to get chatty, and then you've got the guy yeah. who's like, "Can we keep this to work only?" And it ruins the vibe. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want. I don't want. It's like I, I mean, almost uh, a majority of my group chats on my phone are, are set to you know no no notifications you know yeah. just because like yeah you get two people who start talking and it's just I'm not involved in this yet I'm involved you know yeah you're you are involved in me make put me in the position where I have to be a voyeur yeah exactly <laughs> you get which, get group chat cucked you know which is what I love about <laughs> LinkedIn is that I'm just I'm sitting I'm sitting in the chair in the corner while everybody fucks in the middle and I oh just my God. watch. Uh, so what do you what do you have to say that you so i i was home over the weekend uh after you and you nerd um you i hey i i I photographed a wedding and i also attended a wedding as a guest rare very rare (laughs) but uh uh so i went to princeton on saturday your mm-hmm. old stomping ground mm-hmm. uh friend of the pod former guest kip berman's current stomping ground uh i was like you know i i tried to get you to come out you refused to leave your 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 mother's house um 
My not, mother just had knee out. replacement surgery and needed me to help her move around the house. God I mean, damn. You know, well, it's uh, Princeton's a, a goddamn hole. <laughs> Going really there on, on a Saturday was a real test of my of my patience for sure. Really bad decision you made there. Yeah, you know, I was like, I I went there because my uh, a photographer friend of mine said they had a bunch of cameras at the camera shop in Princeton, and I had I, you know I went thrifting. I was like, oh, let me let me pop over there, see what's up, and. The whole place. Speaking of like shitty, terrible tourists. Oh my god! Like it was a nightmare. And uh, I went to your former coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I had the worst, uh, the worst iced mocha of my entire life. Okay. The place really went downhill after you left. I mean, you gotta say you were you you made some of the best mochas I've ever had. Thank you. Uh, I think it also tasted better because it was free, and I paid for this one. It was like seven dollars. Yeah. Uh. Not friend of the pod, Kevin. Not a coffee guy. So, uh. <laughs> Wait, the guy who made my coffee is not I a mean, coffee I, guy? I mean, like, is, but isn't. <laughs> That's I think funny. there's a difference. But I think there's a certain kind of person that gets a job and, like, if it fits their lifestyle, yeah. you know, they can do that job, but okay. not, but not excel at it. Okay. Interesting. I, and I, you know what? And I don't expect. Here's. I don't expect people to excel. In fact, I think normally if you don't excel at your job, yeah. I think you're a better person. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's just different when it's something that has skill it, it takes a, and, a certain f- and art behind y- it, maybe. A Art's little bit, a, yeah. A douchey term, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Barista artist, coffee artist. I mean, you know, but you uh, can do it the right way. Or the wrong way. It might have been a nostalgia thing for me, but it was Mm -hmm. it didn't even have a coffee taste to it, let alone a chocolate taste. It just tasted like milk. (laughs) I mean, you are drinking a beverage that is like eighty percent milk and ice, so True. I got a lot of that milk. But uh, I never uh, I would never touch this stuff to be honest. Here's the main kicker though. I was very excited because it was lunchtime ish. Mm. It was the mid afternoon. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I haven't had Hoagie Haven. Hoagie in, Haven. Hoagie Haven in in probably seven years, eight years maybe, and I was very excited to get Hoagie Haven for lunch. Uh, turns out Hoagie Haven, for people who don't know, is like a legendary Princeton sandwich shop, notoriously like pretty affordable, very big drunk hangout for Princeton douchebags. Um, it's one of those places, but it's like a where... cultural place. Like people buy yeah. the T-shirt. Yeah, it's one of those places where, like, one wall, if I remember correctly, one wall is completely lined with pictures of people either holding or wearing a Hoagie Haven shirt yeah. in, like, like there's a guy on top of Everest holding a Hoagie Haven yeah. shirt. Like, yeah. shit like that. I'm and pretty t- sure like, there's a space station one. We talk about we talk about t-shirt hardcore bands, you know, like the t-shirt band. This is a t-shirt deli. Deli. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but... It's always been good. It uh, who knows what the fuck they got going on there, uh, but it's always been good. I again, I haven't been in years, and especially I haven't been since COVID. Apparently, since COVID, they've installed sandwich COVID. kiosks similar to like Wawa or Sheets or any of those. Hey, I mean that's where everybody goes downhill. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I think we talked about it before. Like McDonald's won. You know, like just like similar, we complained about the fucking Chipotle experience mm-hmm. where. 
you're taking the actual like sandwich building experience out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, so it was a bad timing thing for sure. But I walked in as like two different overwhelmed dads walked in ahead of me. Like it, it, it was almost where like I might have held the door for one of them. And then they immediately got in front of me in line. Ooh, uh, I love bad, that. bad mistake. But the worst part. These two guys combined had a total of like eight kids. Ugh. And they're literally explaining the concept so wait, of a men, hoagie to a children. Men in public with children. Yes. Frightening. Ugh. Terrible. Uh, but yeah, so they both have like too many kids. Uh, some of them probably aren't even theirs. Uh, and then. They're explaining the concept of a sandwich to a child. And then they're allowing each child to choose how they create their sandwich. Were you the only person behind them? Yes. So so it doesn't matter. I mean, I did not. uh, Then another couple came in behind me. But there was definitely like a line forming. But the thing was, these people ahead of me were literally, like, allowing each one of their kids who, you know, had to have a a sandwich idea explained to them, choose every single topping on each of their sandwiches. And I was just like, there's no fucking way. (laughs) Like, my parking is running out in 15 minutes. There's no fucking way I'm going to wait for these people to finish whatever fucking experiment they got going on. Hmm. And I left very, very hungry. I was very upset. Uh, but it was just like, God damn it, get me, like, drone strike. Get me out of I wanna, here. I want to tell you, as a parent, uh, if I'm, if I'm, I mean, I haven't run into anything like that. My kid's too young. But yeah. um, if that were me, uh, and I could tell that the person behind me was upset, I would, I would turn around and tell them to go fuck themselves. Um, I mean, I wasn't visibly upset. I was very polite. You know, I wasn't like <laughs> you were. Sta- I, was, I wasn't like now, stopping my foot, and looking at my watch, and like there was there was a period of time like where I was like, "Keep your kids out of fucking public! Like yeah. you're ruining everybody else's time." <laughs> um, and now I realize that like the more time you spend on an activity, is less time you have to figure out another activity. You know what I mean? I, I understand if it takes that. Me, if it takes me 20 minutes to go in somewhere and order a sandwich for me and my kid, that's 20 minutes. That I don't have to be like, okay, what are, what are we doing? Do I have to? Do we need to go for a walk? Like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It. I I get it from that aspect too, but I hate when I'm the victim of that. You know? Yeah. A real. <laughs> I mean, you, you are okay. a true victim in Cause, life. Because here's the thing: if you went to go to your your 65 percent good pizza place for lunch, mm-hmm. and you were on a time frame, mm-hmm. and this is a place that you could normally run in and order quick and head mm-hmm. out, and there's some all of a sudden they've implemented a pizza kiosk, <laughs> and there's someone in there explaining the concept of a pizza to four six year old children. Uh, who then are allowed to pick all their pizza toppings. Here's the difference. I'll tell you exactly what I would have done in your situation. Okay. And you're not, you're, you might not agree with me. If I was in that situation and I saw that happen, I would go back outside out of view of the window and I would call and place my order. They were, they're not taking orders over the phone. Well, you had uh, to download an app that I've never heard of to order separately. Okay. Third party apps are just, I mean, it's this probably, is like a fourth party app. It wasn't even like order on, it was order on like 
Snack Quest app or something Ooh, like Snack Quest sounds pretty. Sexy, so it's like though, if, if we can be honest, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those deals where it's like I need to like this is like a fourth party app, you know. So how many parties we got? It's just like fucking. Uh, yeah, I like, always thought we were a two party. Uh. <laughs> even even fucking uh, Princeton like doesn't have the storm like the normal like parking app that everyone uses. Wait, they of course so have their own online parking app. Oh yeah, this this app looks looks real suspect. If I can be honest, <laughs> this app looks like the, it's called. So the address is uh, ordering dot app the number two food dot com <laughs> forward slash order three forward slash numbers forward slash a pound sign. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Also, this menu looks not the same. Yeah, I, I didn't even bother looking. Um, but yeah, so the, it sucks. It sucks. Hey, at least at least shirts are still only twenty bucks, and they haven't oh. gone through that yet. Uh, yeah, and also Fashion Week happened, and that was good. And I won't drag on too much about that, but it felt did the we, energy. Did we talk about that? It not uh, not really. With Tanner, with but. It, you know, it was. Uh, it felt like pre-COVID again. It felt good. Uh, I'm, I'm just getting photos back now, so they're, they're you were pretty right. nice. It is called the Snack Pass app. Snack Pass. That's it. Yeah, terrible. I'm not there for a snack. I'm there for a fucking meal. Right. You know. Where's Meal Pass? Yeah, for real. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's bad. I wasn't gonna download an app to to order a sandwich at a were fucking always, deli. Like, were they always like a? Uh... Like a fat sandwich yeah. place too. Oh yeah, yeah. They okay. they they definitely had fat sandwiches for a long time. Okay, because I'm like I'm looking and I'm like this is I don't remember any of this. <laughs> yeah, they they had that for a while. Uh, that's also where I used to get uh, the OG uh, energy drink cocaine. Oh, the original formula that would make you cough at the first sip, no matter what. You love a little cocaine. Uh, yeah, the, the, so they Hoagie Haven has pictures of cheesesteaks up, and it's it's the worst looking cheesesteak I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that means it probably tastes really good. Maybe, but it's like it looks like steakums. Like but I'm like, not going there for a cheesesteak. You know, no, I'm going there for no, a, I'm going for big boy. You know, yeah, I'm going for a big old uh, usually ham salami and provolone. All right. Right. Capicola ham and provolone, you know? Yeah, that's okay. Capicola Good. ham salami and provolone. <laughs> Apparently adding salami is only 50 cents if you that, get it, you know? so I mean, that's a classic that's Italian, right? Yeah. I, I, I've I only prefer, ever called you the classic Italian. You know? I, 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 ham is a, it's a bad move on an Italian, though. It's like, because it should be prosciutto di parma, you know? Instead of ham. Ugh. It's a cheap way out, but... You know... Should we talk about this record? <laughs> so I, I'd honestly rather not. But. So I uh, this is slightly different. I think I think this is it's a little beyond a circling back episode. I think I think this is part of our new series that I've dubbed "Going for It." I think this falls into the category of what we like to call a band's "Going for It" record, which uh, is kind of the record in a band's catalog that sounds like they're trying to break into the mainstream uh you know where they kind of change their sound a bit in a way 
to make it more mainstream appealing. Sure. Uh, I mean, I guess a good example of other, like, what would you other say going, other going for it records would be? Like, uh, like Thursday's City by the Light Divided kind of comes to mind. Elliot Smith's Figure Eight. You think? I'm not, I'm not familiar with Elliot Smith, really. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, would you say New Wave against me would be up there? I know that was like their their like major I mean, label the, record. It's the Butch Vig record. I see. I I feel like this thinking about this gets really convoluted because it's suggesting that every other band doesn't go for it with new releases. You uh, well, know what I mean? No, I get that, but there's like when you like change your band sound to sound more mass appeal uh it's like there's there's a lot of records that i feel are like boys night out train wreck yeah like that's a big change up from that's only their second i feel like you can't do a second record i think you can by your second record you're still trying to figure out who you are as a band sort of i mean uh, look at like the second mgmt record <laughs> if we're I've really never, i've that, never heard that's it, the but... first thing that came to mind but like that was a band like you know that that old saying of like you have your entire life to make your first record and you have like a year to make your second you know mm. and that was the thing like mgmt like their first record all the stuff that like made them sound like mgmt was stuff they like wrote in high school that they College. finally like, put yeah, on a record yeah, i get it I get and it, then yeah. they came out their second record and it sounded like lo-fi fucking surf music you know <laughs> i mean you know you you can only artists only create the art they want to create right true. Um, unless they're going for it but I mean, they would still want to create that. You oh know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. War all the time is probably. Well, that was their major label, but I think they didn't right. change their is, sound. I guess there is until, a weird crossover for that until City by the Light divided, which I, I don't is know a record I, I also that, love. I've, I've the only Thursday album I've ever heard besides Waiting is uh, Full Collapse. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it could be a fun series that pops up here and there. You know, it's it's fun to create different you know branches off of the the tree that is run into the ground you well, know so dan what what masterpiece are we talking about today <laughs> so okay this was this was an interesting choice uh this is crime and stereo's technically fourth album uh crime and stereo is a band that i one of my favorite bands actually um well, well now i just feel bad if i can be honest i mean no but i chose this record specifically because it is different um we're talking about i was trying to describe you to someone uh and which interestingly somebody else used that album title recently i saw that some band called like wednesday yeah and i listened to it and it's real good is it really good <laughs> it's real good yeah it's like it's sort of late shoegaze like 2020 oh, shoegaze yeah yeah, yeah yeah real good it's uh the band's wednesday right i think you did wednesday that. yeah yeah i think they've been around a long time too right no no i don't think so i think there was a band called wednesday like during the era of taking back sunday like days of the week bands thursday there was a wednesday <laughs> um uh tuesday is my favorite of all those bands oh there is a tuesday maybe that's what dan I'm andriano of. Uh, yeah from alkaline Tree man remember when all that? the bands had numbers and then all the other bands had days of the week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a time but yeah uh yeah the first wednesday album came out in 2018 okay all right so they're relatively new 
but they're also relatively late to the the the, the day of the week game. But yeah, so this is uh this is according to not that I want to keep pushing off on a Wednesday, but I will tell you, according to Discogs, there are ten bands called Wednesday. Amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's no, talk no, about no. So, static, static radio. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted to talk about this record uh, because I think maybe some of our guests in the future might want to talk about the earlier Crime and Stereo records because they are pretty renowned uh and i will right out of the gate say that they are what i consider to be better than this record um but i do have a special place in my heart for this record because it's funny enough this is the this is the record that i actually kind of discovered crime and stereo from which is weird to say that i mean that sort of connects the dots for me a little bit like i feel like for the most part the first album you hear by a band especially that has a larger discography is usually like where you get in is your favorite you know my favorite Uh, fugazi record is red medicine because it's the first one i got yeah this is definitely not my favorite record of crime and stereo um but yeah, it does have a special place because this is where I heard it. I have to say, right off the bat, part of the reason I really liked this record when I first heard it was because sonically, it sounded incredible. I could not disagree so, with you So more. here's the funny thing. So listening to the Spotify mix of this record, uh-huh. it sounds flat as shit. Wait, I don't know. What's, is there a different mix or are you just talking... Not, I, you're not on your turntable at home, not on your stereo. I I did never. I do have this on vinyl. I did not have a chance to listen to it for this listen on mm-hmm. my on my turntable. Um, it does sound incredible on vinyl, but I went back and listened to because I still have uh, stuff in like my iTunes because I was only I've only used Spotify for like three years now or something. So right, for a long time, the party sure. I was very much into like downloading like the three you know the 320 kilobytes per second. You know, stuff off, you know, whatever. I got I to gotta be honest. When you were talking about that in that episode with Rich. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was so funny to be talking about how you were just straight up pirating music instead of <laughs> paying an artist. You were like, I know Spotify doesn't pay much, but I'm going to do the other thing where I know they get nothing. Hey, you know. I, I still went to the shows. I bought merch, you know. Hey, I buy vinyl, you know. And you got to look out for number one, and we know who number so, one is. So true, you know. Um, but yeah, so I went back and listened to like the the copy I had in my iTunes, uh-huh. and it sounds so much better. Like hmm. it, the, it it's more dynamic. The way I re- re- I forget how I originally described this record to a friend. Do you remember? The receiving end of Sirens record between no. the heart and the synapse, Mm-mm. it reminded me of being recorded similar to that, like very sonically dynamic, very interesting. And it was like, oh, this is kind of the hardcore version of that. I guess I can <clears throat> now knowing that that this mix is flat, apparently, I guess I can withdraw some of my let me take out half of my comments <laughs> about how bad I think this sounds. Yeah, I can I can like send you the no, no, I can, no, I can help good. you pirate. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely good. Um, I mean, let me let's just get into it because yeah. um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna top load this with the nicer things. Like you know what I mean? And that then, I, and then that dive I into the, no. the more negative stuff. Look, I think 
I think that given the genre this band is in, post-hardcore, uh-huh. we we going to call them post-hardcore? They started in hardcore and then I guess kind of expanded upon that. And then and then we're out of it. Um <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a very well-written record. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to talk about going for it, like these these songs are are very interestingly put together songs. Okay. That being said, this production sucks so fucking bad. Yeah. It feels so forced. Um, all of the electronic stuff is just like feels thrown in there. Well, it that, feels like people were like, hey, I have an idea. Let's try this. That, and then that never tried to improve on it. What falls into that category of what I consider to be like going for it is like slicker production, more compression. Like, you know? <laughs> but it's like it's like slicker production, but like not in a good way. In like a uh I don't know, man. I think one of the things that bothered me more than anything else about this record uh-huh. is that, like, the songs, a most of the song, there's not, there's no two songs that sound similar. Kind of. You know I mean, they're all sort of different riffs, like uh, variations on a theme, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, having it like so heavily produced but never changing the guitar tone. It's one weird sort of shitty guitar tone. And uh, you, we can blame that on the Spotify mix, but like the guitars sound horrible. Just like there is a horrific. weird guitar thing going on. Uh, it's like some, yeah, some specific pedal board setup that, uh, yeah. Cause the lead guitar specifically kind of has like a robotic tone to it almost. Yeah. Which, you know, if that's what you're going for, you nailed it. I just yeah. think it sucks ass <laughs> yeah it's that's it, mean i'm sorry uh, no no Who's, so who who are the guitarists in crime and stereo uh, we, one of them is out to them right now one of them is friend of the pod gary sioni who i've wanted Fuck. to get <laughs> i've wanted gary. to get on this podcast well uh, not now right? i don't believe gary's the lead guitarist uh but uh, well um yeah, so I don't know. My my backstory with Crime and Stereo is an interesting one in the sense that I had the opportunity to see them on so many occasions and then didn't, and then got into this record literally two weeks before they said they were breaking up. Ooh. So <laughs> it's very, and it's similar to like, oh, like how many artists have you gotten into like after a band has broken up? Like specifically, it's like, oh, I never checked them out. Let me check them out now that they're Most in the news. Of them. Or like, oh, the, the lead singer, you know, died recently <laughs> like let me let me see what this band's about that's kind of how i got in the like frightened rabbit you know and the, the right. lead singer passed it was like oh i should i've been meaning to check this out uh same with the podcast big, you know it's like loss. stuff that exists in the periphery you know and big loss i remember specifically right before they broke up uh i was seeing uh the wonder years they were on tour with i think citizen agent man overboard wonder years and crime and stereo and crime and stereo were headlining the studio at webster hall and instead of watching crime and stereo said i was back in the green room with the wonder years while they were talking to rob hit about moving on to hopeless records Mm -hmm. and i remember specifically friend of the pod josh martin literally pulling me aside and being like hey you're the only person in this room who's not spo- like who who isn't supposed to be here at the moment. So if anyone leaks that we're moving to Hopeless Records, we know exactly who it is. 
uh, which is very, very funny. But, uh, but yeah, I missed Crime and Stereo set for that and then got into them, like, shortly after, and then they said they were breaking up. Um, they've since gotten back together, and I think they did a song recently for some compilation. But uh, I did see them a few years ago, uh, probably like seven years ago now. But uh, they played the lanes before it was the lanes that it is now uh, for Mike Lawrence's birthday, who was the the talent buyer at the time. And they played to like a, a, they played like a birthday show of like fifty people. But it was fun. Christian, the the singer of Crime and Stereo, bought me a shot of Jameson, which was fun. I got to do a shot very nice of uh, with Crime and Stereo, but. That was the only time I ever got to see them live, which is very, very interesting. But yeah, so I, I think I first heard means, uh, means every, no, what was it? That's a, <laughs> thinking of, uh, I'm everything I'm not. I was thinking means everything to nothing, which is like Manchester Orchestra. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I heard I'm everything I'm not. And it like, it was like one of those songs that just like hits you in the right place. And kind of like, it still kind of makes me a little emotional. Mm-hmm. Especially because I sent you that video that I doubt you watched, but it's like them kind of eulogizing their own band and like what it means to be in a band. I didn't, but play that. Like, I, there's, I can't play the video. It's like sporadically through the video, mm. where they're kind of just talking about like you know the Sounds experience like of being in a band. Not. <laughs> Do you want me to play the entire like four minutes and fifty second video? Oh, I, I really don't want to, but. <laughs> It's five minutes less than I have to talk about this album. Look, uh, uh, because I'm interested in what in I'm interested in your perspective right now. Yeah, so it, it was one of those deals where I that's the first song I heard and it really struck me. I think it's it's still an incredible song. Uh, and then I, you know I went and got through the record that that was like my backdoor in you know, and right. then from there got into their other records. I don't listen to their first record, which is purely hardcore. Uh, it's called, like, Explosives and the Will to Use Them, which is a fucking awesome title. <laughs> uh, but then uh, Troubled Stateside, uh, or, yeah, uh, and then Is Dead. Is Dead is probably their, like, masterpiece. Um, it's, it's Masterpiece a, how? Uh, it's just perfect. It's, like, such a good record. Uh, all the songs are, like, really, really cool and interesting. It's aggressive, but melodic. Uh, it's like an expansion off of... Uh, like, every record, they've kind of gone a little more melodic. This mm-hmm. being, like, the end to that, you know? Where they've kind of gone full. But, uh, yeah, like, Explosives in the Will to Use Them is, like, pure aggression. Troubled Stateside's very aggressive and political. Crime and Stereo is very, like, focused on society. And this record's kind of more, like, focused on yourself a little bit. Hmm. Uh, that's the last place I want to focus. If I can be honest, <laughs> I mean it's it's they they have a really cool discography, and obviously, like originally, I kind of kicked around the idea of doing "Is Dead" or "The Troubled State Side" because I know those are records you'd probably like more. They were okay. I listened. I listened to a few songs from from every song on their discography. Mm-hmm. I did prefer "Is Dead." Yeah, um, I think. I think overall it was less interesting, but it was way more cohesive. Okay. Um, you know, and there were some standout songs to this for sure. Um, but I mean, songs that like, if we're played over again, I wouldn't be like, uh, it's insufferable, but, (laughs) um, look, drug wolf sounds like the killers. Mm -hmm. Um, not dead, which is, 
a funny song title given even album title called is dead yeah that was well because everyone thought that that was going to be their last record right um, which is kind of why i'm like oh did they do this last one as like if this doesn't stick we're out right which is totally possible that's yeah. the Beul- that's the beulah model yeah um not dead sounds like an arena song for a band that never toured arenas <laughs> well that, that was like their um, first single off this record i think so it's not good it's it uh, to me it's probably the most egregious song on the record maybe maybe less than the first song but um i think it's weird i also think it's weird to have so many references to other things on this album and i don't know if it's it's purposeful because it might not be but um odalisk yeah is a decemberist song title oh is it uh and not like they're the only ones that could use it it's just it's a weird it's a weird uh somebody else recently put out a song or an album called infanta and i was like no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> well, it's like two I, bands I, putting I out of trying to describe you to someone, you know? You know what's crazy? Uh, do you like the Decemberists? No, I never got into them. So I did. I was a huge, like, I saw them every time they came around, you know, had all the records, most of the variants, like, really loved that band. Uh, and then one day I was like, this is, this is horseshit. Yeah. Like, what am I, this is not good. What am I listening to? Yeah. Um... Anyway, uh, Crime and Star- the they have a song called Republica. Yeah, on this record, which is which is very electronic, and the guitars are very like squashed and staticky, yeah. just like the band Republica. I mean, I that's when I like Crime and Stereo the most is when they're kind of critiquing society or the music industry or the arts. Uh, that's my favorite kind of, uh, kind of, of crime and stereo material. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they do it a lot. I mean, they, they, they talk about like the creative process a lot in their songs. Mm -hmm. They talk about like, you know, uh, there's songs about on, on is dead. Like, I think it's, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, but you were vast. I think it is. It might Mm -hmm. not be, but there's songs on there that they're literally like talking about, like, you know being put in a in like some sort of shelter or some sort of like hospital and like insurance not paying and like right uh a really great example off of like uh off troubled state side is i'm on the guest list motherfucker which is a fantastic song title mm-hmm. but lyric uh lyricsly you know like incapable of holding down real jobs and can't make rent so for a life in the arts we deemed ourselves destined like put a big black sticker on this front that says for fans of, and you can donate a penny to my future pension. We've got hmm. the big retail chain front and front of store displays, but just remember it's three grand for half a page ad. So you better be paying attention. Like really good kind of, you know, critiques of like the music industry and just the fucking like capitalism in general. Hmm. But there's some really good, I mean, right off the bat, I, though, I, I really love the album art for this record. Mm-hmm. And the song, and you know, the title comes from a a short story by Richard Brodigan, I believe is how you pronounce the name. Mm-hmm. But lyrics on this record too are very like you know, troubled stateside is very much of like the Iraq War, you know, and critiquing that. And uh, but I love uh, like I forget what song this is from on this record, but it's it's, uh, it's in your four song seven inch. It's in your pawn shop instruments. It's in the West Pacific sun descends. It's in your best friend's basement. It's in your head. 
like really good uh like you said references on odalisk in that song they say it sparks the age of quarrel in your heart you know a mm. reference to uh you know mad uh, ball. yeah mad ball exactly and then also i've sung the age of octane in your lungs which is braid reference right uh um, i love when bands reference other bands love that uh I, I I also didn't realize that they put out all their records on Bridge Nine. Yeah, they're 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 the real deal in the in the hardcore world. And there's no the Bridge Nine board doesn't exist anymore. No, hasn't for a while. I know it's a real. Uh, that's the bigger crime. Here. It's probably there's got to be stuff on like archive.org or something. Oh, yeah. I tried to find it. I couldn't find oh, anything. Shit. That's that's um, wild. Because I I somebody had said, oh yeah, one of the members of of. Uh, of uh crime and stereo was very active on like the b9 That's board not surprising and at I, all and i was like "Ooh, let's find this um also label mates of uh ex you know former guest of the pod matthew ferraro oh really yeah candy hearts was on uh b9 were they really oh yeah That's they, a were the real, wild they were the choice. real deal on the hardcore scene that- <laughs> Do you like when I reference things that you said three seconds ago? I do. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. But there's uh, there's stuff on this record though that um, so okay, so it's actually really funny. So I knew Gary because I did a lot of work with um, with uh, Day Trader. Do you remember Day Trader? I do. Um, so I did a lot of work well, with them. Okay, hold on. Can I can I rephrase that? Sure. I, um, there was Day Trader and Day Breaker. Day Trader, different different band. Right. I but I don't I one of them toured as a two piece with bass and uh an acoustic guitar. That was I don't think that was Day Trader. That was Day Breaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Day Trader was Gary from Crime and Stereo, Tim, who later went on to do Some Stranger with friend of the pod former guest daniel danger who also did mm-hmm. all the day traders artwork uh it also had michael weiss who was in one of my other favorite bands that you can't find anywhere the motorcycle industry uh this was a little super group but i did their photos for alternative press i did a fo- ton of photos for them and i remember there was a tour with man overboard and day trader i think i saw them at the church and i remember telling uh gary that i loved I was trying to describe you to someone. I think his response was literally like, you might be the only one. <laughs> but uh, there was... Uh, remember when merch guys were famous? <laughs> like, Remember when bands would have like a notorious merch guy? You were probably that guy. No. I mean, I... No. But uh, there was... Uh, the, the, the position of merch guy is a weird one. It is. Uh, it is like touring merch guy. It's yeah. A very, well, there was a guy. I think like his you're, name... you're with the band, but you're not in the band. Yeah. So you're like you're, you're the you're the you know the extra member. Uh, but there was a a guy. I think his name was Corbin. Uh oh, Corbin Burns. Yeah. Is that pitches a... pitches for the Milwaukee Brewers? <laughs> yes. I know who you're talking yes. About. Exactly. Uh, he was in a band called True are you Things. About, are you talking about Patrick Corbin, pitcher for the? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about neither. Okay. Um, but he was in a band called True Things. Uh, but I think I can't find any band information on this on this band. Um, but yeah, so he was like notoriously the 
the the merch guy for for whatever for man overboard but on this tour he was like freaking out because they were touring with day trader who had members of crime and stereo and i think he like totally punished gary (laughs) and i think gary told me like he's like yeah like he keeps calling us the da vinci's of hardcore and that's always stuck with me because it's so funny and like they did do a lot of more experimental stuff with the genre of hardcore especially compared to the stuff that was coming out of like bridge nine at the time you know right uh but i always it always thought that was hilarious but yeah i love i love their lyrics um was it on republica they have that like you know stuff that's still very you know an issue today you know it's just like I don't know, Republican and, like, right extremists, you know? And it's like, your your Midwest jihadist is hiding pipe bombs in my mailboxes. It's such a good line. I sort of love that. Yeah, and uh, your future school shooters are all out cutting class. Hmm. Uh, just, like, a lot of crazy references that are still, like, you know, fucked up. This record came out in, like, what, 2010? So, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I just love it when they go meta. I love it when they talk about that stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think what other things I have here in my notes. Oh, uh, I mean, I love the song, like, Young is, like, such a crushing, like, divorce song. Right. Like, I've never heard of a divorce song, like, referencing lawyers specifically. That is interesting. Fearing off your greedy heart, I can't understand your pain anymore. We can get a lawyer and move on. We can get a lawyer if you want. I can understand your pain, but I won't. If we can't get along, we can't be in love. Like fuck <laughs> huh. yeah it's it's wild there's some there's some great stuff but uh also the what's interesting i love that they're very self-referential too like right. uh they have like th- i think across three different records they have different versions of like four x's mm-hmm. spelled different ways uh this is the only record that doesn't have it but they re-recorded a version off of Troubled Stateside called Dark City, uh, Dark Island City, and uh, the f- on that version, uh, it's a lot more sped up and more like kind of mm-hmm. punk hardcore. And then this is like really kind of drawn out and sad and slow, but it's very like the lyrics are very simple. But it's like I I only have a single photograph of me and you. It's from last New Year's Eve at my place. I look half-wasted, faced away from the way it was taken. You're always waiting on me. You're always walking away. Hmm. And it's like, I don't know. I love their lyrics. I think their their lyrics are fantastic. Uh, like I said, I love the album title. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's I don't know. I like when when bands reference literature. I know that's like very common, but it's very common. It's uh, it's always nice when it happens, you know. Sure. But yeah. So. That's more or less what I have to say about it. I know you have a lot of kind of critiques no, about I, look, it. I, it. Everything, now that I'm looking over this list and hearing what you've had to say, like, I think, I think all I can say is that this is a, this is a style of music that is not for me. Okay. Um, I, I tried I didn't try very hard, but I tried. Well, it, what was interesting to me, though, is, is your reaction to this record, though, was that would say, like, this is definitely more in your wheelhouse musically than, say, like, the Y record we talked about. Right. Although, 
I have sort of come around to the Y record, okay. not because of that record, because of the other records. Oh, there which, is which more, other Y records have you listened to? Uh, there is more interesting Y material. Like, um, what's That's a wild thing to say, because <laughs> that alopecia is a very interesting record. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's not interesting. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, I think that they did or he did uh i just think he did other stuff that i like more eskimo snow i liked more okay um testarossa was funny at least yeah um you know and i i i you know i even like the live at third man records oh that is that is a cool uh and it's only because i i like music that is electronic based on recording Mm -hmm. that is mostly acoustic when performed yeah i mean they 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 use a lot of analog instruments and i i do love hip-hop with that kind of stuff like did you ever listen to po uh pos no he was in that like indie uh like indie rap collective area kind of thing kind of why adjacent maybe a little later but he was part of like doom tree um but yeah same deal like his his one album never better has like a ton of like analog drums like real like punk drumming right to rap and i think that's like a cool a cool mix but yeah but yeah this record like i said i purposely didn't want to do the the other two like previous records to this because uh-huh. it while better it's it's this record i think stands out in terms of like what may or may not have been their intention you mm. know like i said the going forward aspect of because they did break up shortly after f- this what do you think their intentions were? Um, did you do you think that they honestly thought that this was going to be a mainstream rock record? I don't because the, like, that's coming, insane. <laughs> I mean, given the kind of stuff like music that was on MTV2 at this time, it kind of slots in with that. Kind of like, uh, I mean, 2010 might be a little late, but like, you know, like those bands like Chevelle and like that kind of stuff where it's like kind of aggressive, yet it's recorded similarly in the sense that it's like kind of dynamic and and like there's a lot going on at all times. Mm -hmm. And like the guitars kind of just sound like they're filled, like almost like white noise a little bit, you know? Sure. Uh, I'm I'm trying to look up when this show would have been, um, because that would justify how quickly they broke up after this, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those deals where I feel like it was uh yeah I don't know like if to me it feels like they were like okay once we wrap this up uh like let's let's give it one more shot if things don't pick up then we'll then we'll move on you know okay yeah i get it like i mentioned beulah earlier uh i was trying to find the evidence to support this but the singer of beulah had made had said something like and i don't know if you listen to that i don't know um they had uh he had said something like if this record doesn't sell like two hundred and fifty thousand copies like a five hundred thousand yeah. copies we're breaking the band up. But it's like just break the band <laughs> like you know you're not gonna do that. Your label's not behind you that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, so when did this come out? So that show that I was uh 
the show I saw them at. Let me see here. All right, hold on one second. Oh boy, good good audio. Uh, when did this come out? All right, February twenty third, twenty ten. I photographed the Wonder Years because I didn't photograph them on this tour, but I photographed uh-huh. them March thirty first. So like. Uh-huh just a little bit after a month so they were definitely touring on this record and then i i'm curious about when crime and stereo broke up uh but it was probably not long after so you know uh yeah they they issued their breakup in september of 2010 so literally yeah like less than six months later from this record coming out sure so i mean it's look um, I think there's something to be said for saying, like, I've, you know, as a band, we've done everything we can do. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a really good, especially, I have no evidence to back this up, so please don't think I'm, like, speaking from experience or anything, but I, I think I could speculate that, like, if you're a band that has come from a very genre constraining you know focus on songwriting Mm -hmm. um hostage calm is a band that immediately comes to mind with stuff like this i mean i love love hostage calm um you know i title fight comes to mind when i think about this but bands who start as heavy you know or like you know a little bit more straight ahead that start to experiment like I think there are some combinations of players that don't have all that experiment in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes you have to, you have to find people who have like a different musical vocabulary to help reorganize or like, you know, people who, who sort of act as a idea thesaurus, like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we try it like this. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, which is something producers are supposed to do, which is why people work with producers. Yeah, exactly. Which, who produced this record? Because they should be fired. <laughs> I think it's someone fairly well known. Uh, they're big, big time Long Island people. Let's see what they say. Mike Sapone, who did all the Long Island band stuff. I think he did a lot of the brand new stuff. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, That's insane because he he should know better. He did Front Bottoms semi-recently. He did, you know, Stray Light Run early November. Uh, Yeah, almost all the Crime and Stereo records. He did Devil and God by Brand New. Like wild no excuse so this so this comes down to the band just not not having great ideas then it it could be but yeah he yeah he did a lot of stuff here but uh yeah i don't know i mean i guess it comes down to the band like i said i i stand behind that the mix on spotify is not the best one i've heard of this record uh-huh um so there is a little bit of that for sure um yeah i don't know i i i I do i do remember though when i first heard that song in my car and it clicked and i was like this shit is amazing like it just hit me in the in the right way at the right time i think i remember i was literally driving to my friend's parents house or something for some some event and i like 
told my friends about it when I got there. I think it would have been, it would be interesting to be able to go back and hear this with like, um, 2008 years. That's what 10 years you mean? 2010 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it literally was in 2010. Uh, and yeah, I think it was, it, I don't know where it popped up. It, it was, you know, like I said, pre-Spotify, it was, it had to have been on a mix or something. I don't know. But I remember like hearing it and then it rocking my world. What else came out that year? Oh God, a lot of stuff. Oh my God. One of my favorite hardcore records of all time came out that year. What's that? Trash Talk Eyes and Nines. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh option paralysis god that band is so fucking shitty they're so good yeah they're so good i i love the first ep and the first full length enough Mm -hmm. that i i would call myself a dillinger escape plan fan yeah but like after that i i am so uninterested miss machine might be a good circling back because it is it's a record i still haven't spent that much time with but when i've gone back and listened to it 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 was like, oh, okay, like I get it. Uh, but then against I feel like me, White Crosses came out this year. I feel like they kind of went a little bit towards similar to, like how I don't know, like they. It, it's almost like certain those like later Converge records just like took on a different tone. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. Like I, I like I get in at. I guess I get in at the beginning because I like the really early Converge stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but like pre petitioning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's I the one in, they I, recently, they recently did that re, like they re recorded stuff off of the agoraphobic nosebleed split. Oh, uh, yeah. And See, it's I've, so I've, fucking good. It's I'll, I'll so go back good. and listen to that. I could care. I could care less, like, sort of after Jane Doe. Oh, it's pre, in fact, it's pre I only Jane like, Doe stuff, I'm pretty I sure. I like half of Jane Doe. Uh yeah, that split was I think Yeah, yeah, pre it was that it era. Was, yeah, I think that split came out after uh When Forever Comes Crashing. Like it was yeah. a later album. But, but that like all the songs on that like were like live staples for them, which is wild that it all came from like a split, you know. <laughs> Dan, I think I really think we should do I really think we should do a going for it about um Coalesce's revolution and just listening. We could do that. I mean, it doesn't really fit the model because they were never going to be a major label <laughs> band. But. Yeah, but you could all, I mean, Dillinger Escape Plan became like a major, like a huge force in the metal world. Like there, there is a difference between being like, you know, indie darlings and then like a, a force in your specific genre, you know? Oh, I, I personally know that for a fact. Yeah. All right, Dan, it was good seeing you again. Um, <laughs> What uh, what's next? I I mean you you said you want to do engine down. I, I do want to do engine down as a as a circling back. Yeah, um, we can do that. I think to bury within the sound is a, a ab- absolutely criminally underrated, like indie rock, post punk, post hardcore. Like, yeah, I've never listened to it in my life, so that'll be interesting. It's it's, it's honestly an unreal album. But yeah. Uh, Anyway, hey everybody, thanks for listening. This is Dan's new idea. Tell me if you hated it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not too far off from circling back, but I think it does like 
offer up a little bit of different perspective on certain records and hey kind of explaining you- why people do what they do by pure speculation on our end. Whatever you need. Uh, but yeah, um, I think uh, please, you know, write, review, subscribe, tell a friend, post. We've been getting some fun social media shit going on. Uh, so keep that going. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We I think this this is coming out beginning of October. So we'll have a new playlist in the uh, in the description. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, spread spread the good word. And hey, until next time. Bye bye. <laughs>